0: Hello and welcome back to Sitting In. This is episode five you're listening to and you're joined by us three, the Sitting In hosts. So we're doing something a little bit different today. Uh, I am hosting this one, so bear with me as I, as I kind of feel around in the dark and try to get through this. But before we jump into the episode, and we have a really great one for you today. It's a really interesting topic and, and we all have something to say about it, which is going to be fun. I just want to say... Uh, on behalf of all of us that we really appreciate, you know, your input, you guys' input, you, you guys listening to it as well and supporting the podcast, both by sharing it um and checking out our merch store as well. And on the topic of merch store, if you do want to help out the podcast and you've been listening for a little bit, you can you can see what we have to offer through our merch store, which is um available as a as a link in the bio. So if you uh if you uh, yeah, if you want to support us that way then 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 go ahead. But let's jump straight into it then. So the three of us talked about what we would what we would discuss today in episode five, and there was a bit of a unanimous vote, I suppose, from 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 us all to talk about a recent blog post that I put out, which was titled "Guitar: The Problem Solving Instrument." And really, towards the end of that pod that podcast, we're doing the podcast, um, towards the end of the blog, uh, is a simple question, which is really, what does it mean to be a modern guitar player? It was phrased a little bit differently, but it, that's pretty much the essence of it. And so we thought this would be a really great thing to talk about. There's three guitar players here talking about, you know, the guitar and what it really means. It obviously kind of inspires some really interesting conversation of in 2021, for those either learning or those who are kind of on the journey, what does it mean to be a guitar player? So before we kick it off, I suppose, um, yeah, we want to really discuss what the question means philosophically. And first off, it it really kind of breaks down the detail of like where, where do we land as guitar players in the 21st century as well? Because the guitar really, on the grand scheme of um, history, if you like, or in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the timeline of history, is not a super old instrument. And so if you were to think about when the modern six-string guitar, 20 however many frets that you have, <laughs> um, fret guitar, had come about, we're really only looking at maybe 250 to 300 years of the modern guitar. And in that time, the guitar has changed significantly. And there have been some really key players who have um, helped the innovation of the instrument along. And it's really interesting now being in this place with technology and being able to play music and share music and, and play with others as well, that you're still seeing developments both in the creation of music and the performance of music from guitar players um, of all sorts, you know, all kinds of genres, all kinds of traditions as well. And so it does raise the question of what does it mean to be a guitar player today. So I thought I'd give my point of view first as well. And my point of view is very much the answer, which becomes the title of my blog post, which was Guitar, the Problem Solving Instrument. For me, I see the guitar as uh, an instrument that has always been treated by its players or by its educators as an instrument that is uh, ultimately an instrument that has many sort of um, flaws. It's an instrument that continually needs some kind of innovation, whether that's to do with technology or whether it's to do with the physics of the instrument itself or the playing style and that kind of thing. And you know, all of us here uh, as guitar players, we all have different techniques. We all have a different way of looking at the instrument, of understanding the fretboard as well. And we, I'm sure, can all attest to the fact that the guitar is a very hard thing to master and there is no one methodology that works for it, which is really cool. So from that, I wanna I wanna hand over to Callum as well because I know you've probably got something to say about it. What do you What do you think about this?
1: Yeah, I think my first thing that I go to um, when I think about you know that that question, but just the whole the whole philosophy as well is just how I always think back to like some of the virtuosos, and one of the ones that I always go back to is Eddie Van Halen. Um, it's one of the one of the pieces, uh, one of his pieces that I've done um for like an end of end of your show um studying in college um i took uh his song eruption the really really famous one and took lots of different elements from live versions and stuff as well and what i found through that is just the complete sheer innovation all the time you know there's just there's there's constantly things that just make you go like what what is that like how is he how is he making that sound um and it's coming from a guitar uh it's actually that the first thing that ever got me interested in guitar in the first place was this flurry of hammer ons that um Eddie Van Halen does where he's like he's kind of just like hammering on and off, but then he's got his he's got his thumb kind of moving down the other side of the, the string. And it's creating all the harmonics as it passes through. Um I heard that and I I was just that that's literally what got me started. Um I was so interested in how a guitar I'd, I'd, I'd probably, I I probably obviously didn't know anything about the guitar but obviously I'd seen how the guitar was played and that was not what I was used to so the complete shock factor just got me super interested um and it makes me so it makes me think so much about like other techniques and how other people have just found their own own kind of thing but created something completely new on the instrument as well um and one of the people that I um I spent a lot of time watching his videos was a guy called Troy Grady. I don't know if these are both aware of... Yeah, Troy Grady. Um, one of the things that he done was just broke down a lot of these virtuosos techniques. Um, and the thing that kind of occurred to me was all these virtuosos a lot of the time had the same rule books and the same tab books and the same scales to play from. All of them. They had that left-hand information but nothing for the right-hand there was there was literally nothing there, so I think that's why you heard so many different players come up with different techniques because they were always finding a way to like fight the string changes like that was such a big thing um for like playing fast like you know in in seventies or kind of I think more eighties um and there was more neoclassical music around and everyone was just trying to outshred each other and things like that. It was like, how do you play faster um and there's so many things out there now, I think. Now guitar is having its place or starting to have like a bit of a structure in terms of how it can be learnt. I think that's now starting to become a real thing because if you think about other instruments like the piano or a violin or any of these kind of other classical instruments, there's usually quite a straightforward road in terms of how you practice like, you know, what what does this hand do, what does that hand do? There's like a very uniform kind of road um, to how it's played. But there's not really with the guitar, I think that's why it's open to so much interpretation and why so many people have been able to innovate on that instrument because there's not a clear road but that's I think that's beginning to get more and more paved as time goes on um I'll maybe pass on the the band to someone else but um yeah I, I would say I would say that's a kind of good summary of what I think about the modern guitar player at the moment,
0: absolutely and you know in what you've just said there is it is is very much kind of uh where i get to is an answer in my my post which is really that at the end of the day you and i are talking about the same thing whenever we talk about innovation or problem solving which is that the instrument presents a number of flaws that the player depending on who the player is as well because we're all different we all have different hands bodies minds you know um we all have a different set of kind of tools if you like to problem solve and we're also aiming for different things as well and I'm I'm glad you mentioned guys like Troy Grady as well because I think you're seeing with the more that people dig into the physics of the instrument as well and what it means to play the instrument you're starting to see people really take that advice on board and come out with really original voices even today I happen to think as well that the electric guitar is an instrument that you can still pick up you can still spend a lot of time on and you can craft your own voice that nobody's ever really heard you know using whether it's technology or certain techniques, I think of guys like Stanley Jordan, or I think of guys like, um, obviously, Alan Holdsworth as well. I'd I'd put Tosin Abassi in there as well, as guys who have completely revolutionized the way that they are playing, but they've not gone out of their way to deliberately play in a different way. They've gone out of their way to explore something that perhaps has not been explored before, but also to sort of problem-solve something that, that... has maybe never been solved as well, which is which is really interesting in a sense. And it's a really funny thing to compare ourselves to the only other harmony instrument that there there is, which we would have to look at the piano for. The piano being one of those instruments that I think and I do make this claim and I'm I'm making it, I suppose, with a little kind of asterisk, um, that it's it's really up to the listener or to the reader and, and what they think about this. Uh but looking at the piano really is the ultimate Western music instrument for range for polyphony for you know harmony for for all of these kind of things for for volume even as well sometimes and this is a, this is also another point that i that I make in the post is that the piano is a very much limited instrument in terms of the generation of sound next to the creation of it Of course, every instrument can create sound, but the generation of sound can only really be hit by pressing a key, generation being the physical process of hitting something, whereas I think the really cool thing now is you're seeing all these great guitar players. You and I, Callum, talked about guys like Tim Henson as well. who are really changing the way of how the guitar is heard, but also how the guitar is approached physically, which is a really cool thing. You know, we think about the ways in which the strings can actually be, um, be, be well, how, how they can be kind of hit or, um, what's the word, put into motion, I suppose, to generate sound. You know, you can pluck things, you can tap things, you can use harmonics as well. Uh, you can strum things as well. There's, there. You can hit them. I suppose there's, there's, there's a whole barrage of different techniques that you could use to make the instrument work. And it's really funny, and I'm sure we'll get onto this as well, but all of us being guitar teachers, I've always found it really encouraging to dig into the specific way in which my students approach their instruments, whether that's from a technical aspect or whether that's from an interest in harmony or an interest in trying to recreate a sound perhaps that's um in the work that I do in trying to emulate say piano players in 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 my own investigations of the instrument or it's others trying to investigate say saxophone players or voices as well you know because we hear guys like Derek Trucks who have who have worked with a slide and they sound as close to a human voice as I think we've ever heard which is incredible really and you can go back to a lot of the early um a lot of the early sort of delta blues guys as well who who who, who very much explored that because the point was to try to get closer to the human voice. And so it led to a whole innovation, you know, a, a real kind of flourishing moment for the guitar as an instrument to really explore it. And so whilst we can see it as innovation, at the end of the day, the way that I would at least kind of categorize it would be through this idea of problem solving, which is really cool. And, you know, we think about this a lot in terms of the role of the guitar and what it means to be a guitar player today. In some ways, we are the most versatile instrument in the room sometimes because we control harmony but we don't necessarily have to do that we have a rhythmic aspect to us as well sometimes we have a melodic aspect and perhaps only a melodic aspect and perhaps we can do all of those things at the same time without the need of another instrument around us which is really really amazing as well and you're starting to see that the guitar truly has a role for all kinds of different things as well so the role is, is, is obviously kind of another part of what does it mean to be a guitar player. But I think of guys like, and, I'm, and again, something else that I mentioned is, is guys like Charlie Christian, who are pivotal in taking the guitar from the back of the band as being a rhythmic instrument to the front of the band, where it becomes the source of enjoyment or it becomes the source of the melody and the harmony and the, the real interest perhaps in phrasing or in soloing for, 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 for whatever the performance sort of requires. But yeah, it it's another thing that really tests our it tests our creativity to what is it that we want to do with the guitar as well and that that I suppose in turn inspires us to really approach it in a different way as well but Reese, how would you think about um how would you think about the future of the guitar as well because that's a question that I'm I'm interested in hearing an answer from you
2: Oh, I'm not sure how much I have to say on the matter but I it's funny because when I heard Callum talking about Eddie Van Halen, I was thinking about an experience. This is not directly answering the question at all, but I was thinking about when I heard Ted Green improvising baroque music on guitar and I had the same experience. I was like, how, like, how is that possible? It's just, that
0: blew my mind. But yeah, sorry, what was your question again, Jack? So I was asking you about what do you think the future of the guitar is? Because we're seeing all this really interesting stuff coming out from players who are, I suppose, really revolutionising the approach to the guitar from whether it's a theory angle or whether it's from a technical angle or perhaps it's even the guitar changing. Like, What do you think the future of the instrument really is?
2: Yeah. I mean, when I think about the future of guitar right now, there are a few things, I think. The first is that technically i don't think we've reached the limit of what's possible on guitar at all because there are people like tim henson doing all this mad stuff that nobody was doing five years ago i've i didn't see anybody doing that kind of stuff five years ago and then there are people you know just kind of putting extra strings on the guitar you know and i don't even know what like people use these days but you can get like a nine string guitar and i don't know how i would use that i'm just trying to work out how to use six but I wonder how far we'll go with adding strings to the instrument as well because it seems that a lot of people get on well with that. I don't personally because I'm just a, a simpleton six string slinger but <laughs> yeah I, I don't know I kind of think about the technical side but also the side of adding more to the guitar but then tonally as well I think that there are a lot of people doing interesting things with that for example uh, i think what kurt Rosenwinkel's is doing with his sound is really interesting and unique and yeah i really i don't have an answer like as to where the guitar will be nobody does because we can't tell the future but yeah i i imagine there'll be much more integration with stuff like midi potentially like it'll be more of a normal thing because i know now you can you can get a fishman pickup and like have a midi guitar sound whilst using your guitar but I don't think it's quite there yet but I imagine you'll have like a guitar that is just totally compatible with MIDI in say 20 or even 10 years maybe. Um, I've also saw people creating guitars that you can literally change the pickup in like just by changing a thing like it's it's already got like three pickups and you can just switch it around which I think is just uh, insane you know. I'm already like so overwhelmed by having a Line 6 Helix that can do any amp sound I want pretty much imaginable. But then adding that dimension into my guitar, like it's gonna happen. Um but yeah, I mean those are just some thoughts kind of just spewing my uh my imagination at this point. But Calum, what are you thinking about the future of guitar? How what do
1: you think it's gonna look like in 10 years? Um what it's gonna look like. Uh or or it, how it like how it, how it might be used. Yeah. yeah. Um I think From like a, I suppose a physical point of view, what well, one of the things that I kind of picked up on quite early that was so futuristic was um I was really into Muse when I was younger um it was a really kind of influential band at that time when I was when I was growing up or like high school kind of into college um but when i don't know if either of you have heard of a chaos pad um but uh chaos pad is like i i kind of i think it's a i think it's a midi controlled thing um but there's like kind of pad that um is on the back of one of his guitars so it's like sat just behind the bridge of a Manson guitar, I think that's like a guitar company uh, in England, um, and yeah, it's. I can't re- I can't remember how to describe what it does, but there's, maybe say he plays like a harmonic and he can like maybe sweep through like a frequency spectrum, almost like a kind of like an envelope filter or something like that. So there's there's so much audio processing, and that was that was for a gig in two thousand and seven, like that that was a long time ago. So I think, uh, as you were saying, Reese the limitations from a physical point of view, uh tonal point of view in terms of like audio processing and things like that, like that's, there's so many things that I could name um, or sort of bands, individuals who just use audio effects um, a lot to create completely different sounds. And I've, I've definitely been there myself because it's something I really enjoy. Um, I really, really enjoy just having like a bunch of things, you know, a bunch of pedals and, and just fiddle about with things and seeing what kind of results that you can get. Um, it's one of the things that um, I picked up recently more recently from a, a composer Mick Gordon who'd done the Doom Eternal stuff uh, Doom Eternal game soundtrack and things like that and he's one of these composers that for one of the pieces uh, or for one, some of the songs and the soundtrack used that 9 string guitar and got that really really heavy sound but there was also a completely different side to it where he had essentially like 4 chains of pedals, like 4 pedal setups And the only input that he was allowed to use to create a lot of the sounds in Doom was a sine wave. The purest form of music, the purest form of anything that you can do in music. And uh, he manipulated that in four completely different arrays or four different um, lineups of pedals to create these completely different soundscapes. Um, And the, the results are mad. The results, I just find it so fascinating that just like you started with this one tiny sound um that's the basis of like all all sound basically um and you can manipulate it into into anything like i don't know if you've heard any of that doom eternal stuff or um like it is there's a really good kind of talk uh where he demonstrates it and talks about his process from like we started with this and we put it through these these chains and this is the result that we got until it eventually works up to that sound that everyone is associated with doom so i really could go on for quite a long time with you know the audio effect side of things and the technique side of things. Um, But I think one of the things that brings all these things together is actually just the wealth of information that we have. Um, I feel like, as I was saying earlier, with the books and stuff and materials that maybe you had through 70s, 80s, they were all kind of the same, and a lot of people were maybe just kind of you know learning from those books, and that's the majority of the information that you had. You just kind of had to make do with those scales and songs and riffs from other bands. Um, but now, you know, you can search up a band's rig, in a click of, you know, a couple of clicks, and start taking influence from that straight away. So as soon as you like a sound, you can figure out exactly how it's made, and maybe even start working on it that day, if you've got the same facilities. Um, so I think because of that, like the, as I was saying, with the tonal, the physical, um and the the kind of technique as well. All these things are just accelerated, which is why I think you're getting so many interesting ideas at the moment with Tim Henson, Tosin Abassi Um, just yeah, all people like that. It's it's definitely becoming such a versatile instrument in a myriad of different ways.
0: So that actually leads me on to a question I do have for the both of you, is that we're talking about diversifying the guitar again and you know, as technology sort of moves on and the faster it moves, we have this issue where there still seems to be no unified way of learning it. There's still no unified way of playing the guitar or for even being able to search out a method. It actually gets harder and harder to find the one method that works for you. And, you know, I think something that all of us have talked about, we've talked about this both on the podcast and uh, privately amongst ourselves, really, is that we're always adjusting things in our playing, whether it's how we hold the pick, whether it's you know something to do with the left hand, whether it's spacing, any of those kind of things, or perhaps it's about finding a sound. These things, as you, as you say, Callum, the guitar is such a it's such a malleable instrument in that there's still so much to discover about it for yourself. I think sometimes it can leave people feeling really bewildered by how much is really out there. And so perhaps one of my my questions here, I'd love to know what you both think on this is, has there ever been a situation of thinking, man, this is too much. I don't know what road to go down there are so many avenues that I don't really know what to go down first or have you ever had that experience with students where it's been really hard to direct people
2: definitely definitely I can think of probably about five students straight away who have told me it's like oh I just signed up to true fire and I've got all these courses and I bought this book and Rick Beattel's got a good page and um, I think that's great I really do but I think unfortunately uh, the downsides of that is that there's just so many, you're learning so many approaches at once, which I think for a certain student that can work. But I know for me that didn't work. I kind of just pursued a path for a while and then I deviated and maybe followed something else for a while. Um, so I think the evolution of technology and how it kind of goes in line with guitar is is great. But I also feel that there must be a lot of people who just feel so overwhelmed when they go on the internet. It's like, all right, I want to learn how to play a chord. And you go on YouTube and it's like, oh, well, where do I go? You know, it's like there are thousands and thousands of videos on how to play Wonderwall. You know, what one's the best? And yeah, I guess to answer the question, I think, I think, uh, what's it called? Option, option paralysis or something like that is, it's a real thing. And I see it happening all the time. And even for me, when I'm trying to find teaching materials, like say someone wants to learn a song, and I'm trying to find a transcription because sometimes that's the easiest approach. Like just going through them all and be like, oh, that one's rubbish or that one's good. Or it's like, there's just so much out there. Sometimes it's better just to do it all yourself because <laughs> then you trust your own process. Uh,
1: Jack, could you just say the question once more? I'm just, uh, I've already Yeah, sure. Already so forgotten. there was a bit of a two-parter
0: to that question. And as Reese kind of um, spoke about, there there's there's a situation with students as well, feeling that there's so much to explore that you don't know where to start but also you know for yourself as well there's 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 something in do you ever feel lost yourself in the sea of information that we have and how difficult it really is to establish you know
1: a unified
0: method for yourself
1: yeah um i think this is a tricky one just because of the way that i think i i work when it comes to maybe trying to problem solve um in a situation in a musical scenario I'll usually just do, like, literally whatever it takes to try and make that thing happen, regardless if it's, like, an unorthodox method um, and it's not too practical. And what I've found, actually, over the years, um, being in bands where maybe I've been trying to take on too much um, and just trying to fulfil a role, it's actually quite detrimental to to think that, um, you know, you, you can just, like, Go completely off course from what is maybe known, um, and like still be okay. And for the most part, I, I, I you know, I had been. Um, but there is a point where like that ROI is just like not there anymore. It's like the amount of time that you need to kind of put into something when you're not maybe you're seeing results, um, but maybe it's just taken far too much time. I've definitely experienced that with you know playing keyboards and bands and stuff like that as well, where you're not just a keyboard player, but you're a synthesist as well. You've got like you know analog synths and stuff like that and that's a completely different beast um to learn how to work when you're just talking about again simple sine waves and then manipulating them. Um it's just yeah, there's a lot there but that's definitely one takeaway that I would I would say is that if you do if you are that way inclined where you just think you just solve the problem like no matter what. Um, it's great, it does take you far, but so you can sometimes just get completely lost down that rabbit hole. And before you know it, you could have spent just a lot of time doing something that maybe actually isn't worthwhile. I I would like to add that I
2: think the beauty of the fact that guitar it has several well-trodden paths but there is no sort of follow this book this is the one you need. The beauty is that we are still innovating it and I mean to me that is super inspiring. Like I'm like, oh great, so it's like there is space for me to find a unique voice on the instrument and I think that's that's wicked you know I, to me i'm like oh wow that's that's just inspiring so that's one positive that i would like to add
0: and you know i think from both of what you guys have said something has really popped up in that the limitation of the instrument is in some ways both its hindrance and its help in that you know the if we were to look at an instrument and i, I make this analogy quite a lot with with students as well when we look at the guitar itself next to a piano i don't play any piano. Let me just preface that by saying i don't play any piano at all but i can figure out where b and c are because i know there's no b sharp so i know there's a bit of a space between them and i also know that there's no e and there's no f there's a little bit of kind of guessing around there and realizing there's you know say three three sharps that happen um each a tone a tone away and then you've sort of figured out loosely how the piano works but from the guitar if you were to ask a piano player to figure out how the guitar works well that's a whole other ball game because they don't have an answer for what the open strings are. If you're pointed to any of the notes on the neck, there's no obvious indication about, you know, B, no B sharps, or there's no, you know, um, there's no, there's no, I suppose, um, solid way of being able to understand the instrument just from first look. So it immediately creates the problem when you pick it up as, as any kind of musician, as a guitar player or not. And it's very much about trying to kind of solve it. And, you know, there are so many great methods from, um education that we've we've tried to problem solve around so whether that's say the cage system whether it's even um, tuning and force as well as another way in which people sort of get around the issues that the guitar presents Um, and there are so many different ways that we can problem solve but really in some ways the benefit of the guitar being such a limited instrument is that there is no limit to the amount of ways in which you can problem solve something and in fact, the create the creative aspect is that as long as you're being creative and as long as you are continuing to be curious at the instrument and try things that are perhaps, yeah, very risky. Perhaps, you know, you are changing the role of the instrument. Perhaps you're changing something to do with how you hear harmony as well or the tuning or that sort of thing. It's about taking risks and knowing that the problem to solve is really unlocking your creativity. That's That's the only problem really too to to solve so unless anybody has any final thoughts i think it would maybe be about time to wrap everything up but what do you guys think
2: absolutely no no i i was just gonna meet myself to uh to say yeah i think that's a good shout i um yeah for me that was that was a very interesting conversation to sit in on because i going into it, i felt like i didn't actually have much to add you know the way the conversation unfolded. It was like, ah, I can I can have a think about ways that it relates to me. And I hope you, the listener, right now, are thinking, oh yeah, like I'd I'd never thought about you know what the guitar might look like for me in ten years or twenty years or my children when if they break, take it up, you know. But yeah, well, I just want to say thank you to everybody for checking out the podcast thus far. And Jack, do you want to remind everybody where can they support the podcast?
0: So you guys can support the podcast by simply listening across YouTube or by Spotify or iTunes as well. I believe. Are we on Tidal yet? (laughs) What else are we on?
2: Not yet. Not yet. We're not. iTunes. uh, Sorry, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube so far. And Callum, where can the where can they find this beautiful merchandise to support the podcast uh, link is in the description <laughs> exactly we're trying to get better at just uh pointing people at the description because the url for our merch store is so long but callum is proudly displaying his mug to you right now if you're watching on youtube let's
1: get a little spin there as well
2: nice <laughs> awesome well if you made it this far thank you so much for listening uh big up to jack handyside for hosting this episode thank you so much jack And yeah, we look forward to catching you in the next one. Cheers.